0: Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 30th episode of the Shot Tata Podcast. Today, I'm super excited, not only because we finally reached 30 episodes, because we're back to road cycling. We have someone coming to the podcast who was able to raise most of the classics, or the Belgian classics, cover classics, however you want to call them, and she had some very decent results for her age. She is still quite a young rider. She comes from Oceania, from New Zealand, and she's currently based in Girona. So, for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, today we have the Team Jumba Visma rider, Kim Katzau. Good morning, Kim. How you doing today?
1: Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, getting some good recovery in after the racing.
0: Uh, how are the classics so far? Uh, you've had quite a intense start of the season, all between Belgium and the Netherlands.
1: Yeah, they were... Um, I'd never done anything uh like those races before um and yeah super intense um all on and pretty fun uh had a good time out there and learned a lot so yeah i think i'd, I'd love to do them again
0: yeah that's great uh like uh, you mentioned uh first time in the classics first time living the whole spring atmosphere which is meant to be one of the most special ones in cycling, uh, most loved by many. Uh, what do you think? How was that first experience? Did it live up to the expectations or was it like, meh, well, I could do this again, but...
1: No, for sure. Um, I think I had a thousand ideas of what the racing may have been like and it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, you know these these spring classics and one day races are all on from from the go and um, yeah they're super intense as I said and I think uh, you have to be very well prepared and know what you want to achieve what you want to do but able to change your plan because uh, I think nothing in those in those races uh, always goes a hundred percent to plan.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like you've had a pretty good start as uh, for many when they get their first participation in the Spring Classics, they get either an not finished DNF or an OTL, which is an out of time limit, and you managed to finish most of them. So uh, it's got to be a pr- pretty good start. I imagine, especially getting used to the Moors, as they know them in Belgium, uh, must have been a fun experience, especially riding in the Palatine and also writing, uh with a new structure for you, which is Jumbo Bismarck for this year. So how's that whole integration process while at the same time being in a world tour team and just uh, absorbing, trying to absorb everything, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's not easy. I can say it's been super challenging for me um, and being able to get into this kind of level in the peloton um learn a whole new process with a team i didn't really race um with a plan last year uh working for teammates um you know all those things have taken a lot for me uh to get used to and i think you know it's not gonna be it may be a two-year process for me um to fully be able to be up there but i think i'm pretty happy with um how fast i've integrated in and i can only keep working on it so yeah i'm happy with my progress and i'm enjoying the the process
0: that's amazing to hear of course it's uh it's quite a long process it's a lot of getting used to a lot of traveling a lot of uh rules and that kind of stuff i can imagine which is quite different to to other teams i guess are not world tour teams of course but yeah I mean, it's going to be a great experience for sure. And first of all, uh, I wanted to ask you, how's the season? How do you feel about uh, the season so far? How are those legs feeling uh, with the World Cup coming up uh, this week, I imagine? And then uh, quite a few other goals uh, upon in the horizon for this year?
1: Yeah, um, I'm feeling pretty strong. Um, pushing some pretty good numbers. I was quite sick uh, for a week, and so I missed out on one of the races for the team, the Volta, but then ended up doing Bransipel instead. Um, but, yeah, I think in these classics just being, like I would have maybe hoped for to be a bit stronger, but I had to race with sort of what I've got. Um, and I think I've had some good recovery days in between the races and now coming back home. Um, so I'm hopefully feeling good and looking good for, for the future and um, yeah I'm quite excited for the next few uh, races coming up Um, I think I will be able to sort of say a bit more about what's coming Um, but I think uh, yeah some some tours and some some good races uh, ahead in the future and I think hopefully my legs will play ball and my body is up to it so yeah
0: that's uh, exciting to hear. Uh, new goals, I imagine, for you in this case, uh, all new races in the horizons. So well, that's going to be exciting as well. And first of all, uh, you mentioned at the beginning you were in Girona. Uh, you had established yourself there. How has that been? Is it the first year you there or is it a second year?
1: Yeah, it's my first year uh, in Girona. It was a little bit of a difficult process to find a flat, but um, I met a local guy who does my massage here and he he really helped me out and then I've sort of found my feet here found a good group of cyclists and uh, people there's a lot of Kiwis and Australians and uh, Americans who are living here and other Europeans as well so I think we have a really good network and you know there's always a ride going so um, no matter what you if you've got an endurance ride you'll always find a group around 10 o'clock at the old bridge about to take off so um you're never alone here and I think that's what I like the most about it is moving to the other side of the world at 21 um I was a bit afraid of being alone but I think in Girona you you're you're never alone you've always got other cyclists and people you can call on no matter no matter what the problem
0: yeah that's for sure. Ah uh, Girona is known for being having a pretty strong community. Uh, most writers uh, like you mentioned from Canada, the u s, Australia, Kiwis as well, like yourself uh, who had established themselves there as uh, it's, it's got pretty decent weather in winter, uh, quite a nice weather in summer as well. so it, it's it's a good training all along all all year long. But yeah. And how are you finding Spain? Uh, how do you picture yourself there? Or do you think about other options? Or was it, nah, I'm going to Spain straight away?
1: Yeah, um, I love Spain. It's, it's pretty awesome here. And I can't complain about the riding. Um, I have everything I need. And I think before moving here, my only other option was Italy. Um, I had looked at living there as well. And maybe we'll look at living there in the future um, I always say it wrong, but I, I love uh, near a place called Barisi, I think. I say it wrong every time. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's some amazing, amazing training um, and like really great climbing there. So it's pretty beautiful. Um, but I think while I'm learning a lot and developing some connections in the peloton and in cycling, I think Girona is definitely the place for me starting out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like we just said. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, for sure, you you would probably make a better effort than myself as we start in the introduction. So that's fine. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned moving home, uh, moving out of home, in this case, to any home at 21, uh, other side of the world. How has that process been? Because I imagine there's a lot to it, a lot of traveling, a lot of things you have to learn how to do by yourself. So how has that whole process been for you?
1: yeah um I can't say it hasn't been without challenges um you know just trying to move things around get furniture in um you know like even learning I have my fiance at home and he's coming across quite soon but he hasn't been here for the last yeah six months and I think like learning to cook for one person, portion things for one person, all these things, you buy way too much food. And then you're going away with the team and then you're, you don't know what to do with it. You try and eat your way through the fridge or um, just, you know, like I think trying to get a trainer from the other side of town into my apartment and yeah, I had to, to run with it down the street and then stop and take a break because it was so heavy, all these small little things that you don't think of um, when you're by yourself going grocery shopping and realizing you haven't got enough arms to bring everything home. Um, yeah, you, you learn a lot quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, all of it, it's a process, adapting, uh, learning, uh, just establishing yourself. And in terms of establishing yourself in a world tour peloton, how has that been? I imagine uh, some ups and downs, uh, difficult times, but I'm sure some really good times as well.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not easy finding your place. Um, you know, I'm quite new to cycling and trying to find myself in the peloton. And I think you know, um, there's a line of respect that you learn really quickly and there's a lot of unwritten rules, um, that many people don't know of. Uh, so I think, yeah, you have to, you have to learn these quite quickly and you don't want to piss too many people off. So, um, you, yeah, you need to try and learn, um, where the line of respect is and, um, yeah just how to how to find your place and also how to not get pushed around too much um, I think being new and being young sometimes we find ourselves yeah getting a bit pushed and shoved and I think I saw that in Binda in Italy one of the classics where I I got buried very quickly um, and I think yeah slowly I'm maybe learning to be more assertive in the peloton but i think uh it takes a bit of time to learn
0: of course i mean uh, it's a process and uh can you tell us some of those unwritten rules uh that you're starting to learn uh through the races
1: um like i think you know there's there's names out there um which yeah they have right of way um most of the time uh you know and you just don't you don't jump on other people's trains you don't get in the way of teams wheels um you know pushing other people out and things we see it happen and yeah people get pretty upset about it uh so i think yeah those 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 are just a few to start yeah. with um we all i think one of the most interesting things for me was learning that like you can basically ask anybody for a P-stop and groups of girls and people will, yeah, we all pull over from different teams and then bring each other back, you know, to the Peloton. Um, all those kind of things that you don't see happen on camera, but, uh, and until you experience it, you don't really know that happens. Um, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just
0: a lot of getting used to. And, um, (laughs) we've you've given a lot of info so far uh you said you were pretty new to cycling as well but uh you haven't really told us how you started uh how did kim uh first got herself on a bike and then ended up on the other side of the world uh riding professionally
1: yeah um to be honest i wasn't one of these kids who grew up cycling um i was a swimmer i did swimming for yeah around eight years um and then I decided to switch to triathlon very briefly. Uh, my fiancé, he was doing World tri- uh, like world Cup triathlon. He's like, oh, you should join me and do something. else. I was like, oh, okay, like try and see him a bit more. So, yeah, I jumped on the bike and, um, you know, went for some rides, easy rides with him, some runs and things. And, yeah, I decided to do some some racing and then um, I was doing not too bad, but I got pretty injured and I never really fell in love with running. Um, I think it's not something I've ever super, super liked. And so I decided to do New Zealand age group uh, cycling nationals. My coach told me to, to give it a try. And then from there onwards, I met my old coach, Um, Patrick Harvey and he's like oh if you know you want to go to the dark side and try cycling um, I could help you and he has a small team in New Zealand and sort of took off from there and he gave me the connection with Torelli which was my old team from last year and so I came across and did four months in Europe and then unfortunately broke my collarbone and had to get surgery so I went home last year and august and then um yeah it was it was a pretty pretty short trip here but then i signed with yumbo before i went home and um yeah that's pretty much how i started
0: yeah i mean it's a pretty good start uh pretty recent as well uh, like you said it's really hasn't been a long time but uh quite quickly learning and i don't think many people can say they've jumped onto professional level so fast and especially to jumbo visma which is not one of the small structures, you know, it's a pretty strong team. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool story. And then in terms of, you mentioned last year, you were doing pretty well and uh, you were national champion and under 23 uh, for time trial. So how is that? Do you, like when, do you, when you started with the bike, uh, you started racing, do you picture yourself winning a national title?
1: Sorry, I didn't quite catch that.
0: No, I was asking if uh, you ever got... Uh, a hint that you'd be winning a national title uh, when you started on the bike uh, just uh, for fun
1: no um definitely not I didn't think it was something I was gonna pursue in that kind of way and even going into the race a week before I just wanted to to give it my best but I definitely didn't think I would have come away with the win so it was pretty cool
0: yeah, I can imagine. And how's the feeling of being uh, the Kiwi champion? Well, uh, that was last year, but still. Uh, just seeing yourself being uh, the champion of your country.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing feeling to pull on the the jersey on the podium. Um, you know, it's always special to wear the national jersey, and I think it gave me a lot of confidence coming over here, uh, especially being so new. I was like, oh, I, I can do it. Um, and I do have the power and the strength to to go to Europe and give uh, this sort of European scene a try because I knew how hard it was going to be um, and how strong the cycling is over here compared to New Zealand as a whole nother world. So, yeah, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean it's quite different. Uh, like uh, many people say, when they come to Europe, it's like uh, come in to race with the pros. Although there's quite there's quite a good level there over there, but uh, it's just different, I imagine, and and the paths and the roads and the kind of way way of training and way of racing. But yeah, that's pretty cool. And then a little bit of jumping, leaving aside, uh, racing a little bit, living aside, cycling for a bit. What is it you enjoy doing when you're not on the bike and when you're not training?
1: i love i love the beach i love the sea i love hiking to be honest i'm just an outdoors person um if i'm staying in a hotel even with the team you're most likely to find me reading a book outside somewhere in the sun just because i enjoy it um i don't i like cooking as well um i think when you do a lot of sport you have to enjoy your food so yeah um i think those are the main main things i like and especially in the off season where i live in new zealand the hiking and mountain biking uh is amazing so yeah it's definitely something i love just to be out in nature
0: Have have they ever crossed your mind on to racing and mountain biking or are you sticking with road
1: well i did i did do a little bit um a very long time ago when I was still a swimmer um my brother was extremely into his mountain biking and did some some nationals in New Zealand but he uh, sorry he's... I'm not sure what happened there
0: no it's all good I think uh connection got lost uh we were just saying like well, <laughs> I stopped hearing you when you were saying that your brother was big into mountain bike cycling and that he raced a couple of nationals
1: Oh yeah, so I mean, he raced yeah a couple of a couple of nationals, and he used to try and drag me out on the bike. But I I had no cycling experience, as I say, because I didn't actually grow up as a kid riding the bike. So I I used to go out with him, and I think I crashed on every single ride. And then he made me do some of the races that he did, and I never did a race without crashing. Um, but I always finished them. So yeah so i'm not sure where that put me off but i think maybe in the future i would get back into it i do enjoy it and i mean in my off season i go out with my family a lot because they're crazy into mountain biking so if i want to do some some family time that that's what we do
0: well it sounds like a really good plan uh, to do with family you gotta say quite enjoy mountain biking as well so it's always uh, good to ride out. It also takes you to places the road doesn't always take you. So it's got its its advantages and its perks, but it's always good fun, yeah. But uh, you never really answered my question, which was, uh, will we ever see you actually racing with it?
1: Um, I think it could be a possibility in the future. I think maybe maybe one day. I think at the moment, I need to uh, stick to the road. It's not been so long, and um, yeah, I think in the in the future i think the mountain biking is good in girona as well so maybe i start doing some some training on the mountain bike and you'll see me in some races in a few years time
0: oh that sounds exciting i'm looking forward to it of course and uh like we said like i said at the beginning uh most of the races you're doing are pretty new to you uh you've done the spring classics you did the volta at the beginning of the of the year uh the volta to uh, valencia and uh what have you got well i'm not sure if you can share it or not yet but uh what are you mo- most excited uh for this season
1: um i think i'll definitely be doing um yeah one of the the tours and i think that's definitely what's going to probably be uh most exciting um for me and looking forward it's definitely a big goal of mine um, to be really prepared when they, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that sort of, um, yeah, starting in these these big tours coming up. As I see myself, I think being more of a tour rider. Um, I like the environment a little bit more than than the classic one days, which tend to be uh quite quite hectic because it feels sometimes like a more relaxed environment. Um, when you do when you do tours, so yeah.
0: How do you think that's gonna go for you? Stage races, a few days nonstop, full gas. Uh, What do you think? uh, How do you think your body will react?
1: Um, To be honest with you, I think I think quite well. Like growing up, the swimmer, you know, you do five days in a row of back to back events, Um, and I think it's quite it's obviously much shorter racing, but I think it's still as intense on the body. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I like consecutive days of racing and training. I think I learn a lot more um and can and get better and better throughout throughout the stage races. I felt like especially in in Valencia, so yeah. I think I think I'll do all right
0: <clears throat> yeah that's that's for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing it, uh, yeah, like you mentioned Valencia. Now you were fifth in the youth and then 22nd in the general classification, which is a pretty good way to kick it off, I would say. Uh, So, yeah, uh, we'll see how how the season goes. And so far, uh, you've did three spring classics. You did two flesh and and, the Liège this past weekend, uh, which has been uh, your favorite one so far?
1: I think... um, Oh, I think that's actually a really hard question because I love Liège. That was really... um... It was just hard. It's just hard racing. You know, these these climbs one after another um, are super intense and you just have to be really strong. It's sort of a war of attrition and you just keep seeing less and less people um, in the peloton. So I I really enjoyed that race. But I also um, really loved the hoi in flesh. And I think, yeah, racing up, that was quite fun the crowds were really good and uh the same with liege the Redout, the super steep climb there's a lot of people on them a lot of people cheering and dressed up and that kind of environment always makes you super motivated but yeah i think they were both super good i actually don't think i can pick between the two of them
0: yeah that's fair enough but i gotta ask when you're riding and you're like full gas uh, going up the moor or going up the the road, do you actually get to see what's on the side because i i would I would think you're absolutely face down and pedaling as hard as you can,
1: yeah, I think well, normally, I'm just just looking forward just trying <laughs> to catch those wheels, trying to trying to go forwards um but uh, even even in those kind of environments, you still. You still take it in. You still see it. You still appreciate the support. And for me, especially coming over to Europe, it's a whole other world here of people loving cycling compared to New Zealand. Maybe in New Zealand you get ten people coming out, whereas here you've got crowds, and it's it's amazing feeling. Yeah, it gets a uh, you know it gets the adrenaline going, and actually helps you up the climb for sure. So.
0: It just uh, more motivation uh, pushes you a little bit harder, for sure. And I wanted to ask you, uh, like I've said, like 10 times at this point, uh, not many races you've done so far, but is there any in particular you're really looking forward to, like something, maybe it doesn't have something, it doesn't need to be something you're going to race this year, but maybe in the future years, and a race that you would say, oh, man, I would love to race here.
1: Yeah, I think... Yeah, I've always wanted to do the Tour de Femmes and the Giro. Um, I think even the Tour of the, the Pyrenees would be a, a super cool race. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the ones in the mountains. It's where I'm happy and feeling my best. So, yeah, I I need to um, experience a few more and uh, hopefully I'll I'll get the chance soon.
0: Yeah, of course, and then you'll be able to pick your favorite one, uh, for sure. But uh, mountains and long climbs, I'm more more of a fan of descending than climbing. I gotta say, but (laughs) it's not uh to be able to descend, you gotta climb before. So yeah, and then you're you're pretty young, right? Yeah. Uh, which is uh not not many people usually uh, have this kind of help at such a young age. So I wanted to ask you. Do you have a mental coach working with you or some sort of uh, coaching uh, doing, uh, to be able to carry you through the season?
1: Yeah, I do. I've got two people sort of working by my side. Um, I've got my manager, Annette Edmondson, and she's she's amazing. She's um, been through it all herself. And, um, you know, she she lives in Girona and was part of Bike Exchange. Um, and I think... She really understands it and understands how, how challenging it can be. So it's super nice to have her and her opinion. And then also, yeah, I've got a, a psychologist, sports psychologist, who's helping me um, along the way. So I feel really supported. And um, yeah, when things are challenging and tough, I have that support and help around me to make sure that things are going to be good and I, I can improve on myself at the same time.
0: Yeah, uh, that's for sure. And having some extra help and some people just to help you carry out the bumpy ride is always always good. And I wanted to ask you as well, uh, what would you be willing? Of course, you don't have to, but uh, could you share some of the toughest moments you've had so far uh, uh, through your career? Maybe moving to Spain or at some point in the races, would you just said, "Wow, this is this is way harder than I thought."
1: yeah um you know i think there's there's been a few a few tough times i think moving to the other side of the world was definitely a challenge but um you know when you come into the peloton um as an athlete you think you you know you watch things on gcn and people winning um and you're like oh yeah i can do this and um, you have the numbers to do it, or you feel strong enough to do it, and then yeah, not everything always goes goes to plan. Why well, I've lost you there. I, lost
0: you there. Oh, shit. Oh. I can see you this side though, but I can't hear you. I, the volume has really gone
1: um okay now um is it better
0: yeah now it's much better yeah. i don't know we we'll you' just change for now okay. yeah I just um had... sorry what were you yeah, really sorry to hear you
1: um oh no i think being in i guess you missed all of that yeah no that's fine um you know being in the the peloton Um, And coming over as a youngster, you're always watching the races um, on GCN and you see the the professionals like Demi and um, Lotta and, yeah, Mariana Voss and you see people winning and you're like, oh, yeah, I can do it. And, you know, you come over here. Everybody wants to win. Um, And I think whatever happens, you might have the numbers, but it's about the positioning, working for the team, um about yeah you might get out of position you might get dropped you might not be strong enough on the day you might have some bad preparation in the lead in to the races and it's just having um that sort of lesser expectation and taking things um having small goals in the races for yourself so you come away with some some positives on your performance and your progress because yeah, if you look at a result and you go, Okay, I got sixty-ninth out of a hundred and twenty, like you don't come over to Europe to race your bike to get sixty ninth. You know, and it's that's sort of a hard thing to learn at the start, but um you slowly start to to set small goals for yourself rather than just wanting to to win or to to do this and yeah. I think just having those, learning to have less expectation um, and, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, you come 69th, it might strike off as not the best result you could get, but uh, you're the 69th uh, best woman in the world to call it like that. So it's not that bad, really, if you think about it. Like, uh, how many women are there in the world cycling? Probably uh, quite a few millions. (laughs) So being the 69 yeah. is really not that bad also uh, quite a funny number but anyways I will leave that there
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, yeah for sure
0: <laughs> and I wanted to ask you uh while you were coming uh to Europe uh before jumping onto the world tour teams and uh, world tour level do you have did you have anybody in particular who you admire someone that that one of you you had an idol that you were like wow I really want to be like this woman
1: yeah, I think there's been a few um before coming over. I always admired Mariana Boss. I mean, she's the greatest of all time. And it's um I I said this actually back when I first started cycling um with my old team Black Magic. And I think she's just even now I've met her, she's extremely humble. Um she's a super nice person, um, inside and out. So I think you you know, you I always have admired her and also, yeah, there's a few others like Grace Brown and um Brody Chapman. I think they they've also maybe more admired them since since I joined cycling and came came over to Europe. Um there's a few who have sort of coached me through in the Peloton and helped me to improve and given me this support and confidence, even from different teams. So yeah, I think looking at them, they're super strong, and in the peloton and also super strong women just in general. So I think Ashley Passio is also another another one to add to that. She's she's been amazing.
0: Yeah, it's always always good to have some role models in order to be able to kind of set your path and uh, learn those unwritten rules. For example, like you mentioned at the beginning or uh, just uh, get some get some good habits in which uh, you might not be used to. And I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Marianne, uh, she's your teammate. Uh, so I imagine it's going to be pretty cool having one of your idols as your teammates. So how, how does it feel to have uh, the woman no. you always wanted to be like as uh, a teammate and someone uh, who you work for and someone who's riding a bike right next to you?
1: It's amazing, to be honest. Um, it was actually super overwhelming. Um, I was a little bit stressed because I was like, oh, I don't want to take her out. Like, I don't want to make her mad or, um, you know, I just want to be a good teammate for her and be able to help her. And then when I met her in person, all those kind of worries went away. She was super nice, introduced herself and was really, you know, with some of those high high end athletes They don't really care about about others but themselves but she she coached me from the start she took an interest in who I was and what I was sort of doing over here and some of the races she's come back to get me to help me through the peloton and things and I think yeah she's she's just an amazing person
0: It's amazing to hear. And it's also something, another thing to add to the list that you enjoy uh, being able to uh, ride against your, next to your idols is something uh, pretty cool. And then we, I asked you about some of the toughest moments, uh, but I also want to ask you about uh, what's been uh, some of the best moments you've had so far.
1: Yeah, I think there's been, rather than um, maybe like result wise, just some really cool cool things that have happened you know racing and binder the plan was for me to make a a little bit of an attack up one of the climbs which i did but i I was struggling to get through the peloton a bit and i heard mariana boss over the radio saying that she was going to come back for me um and help take me up and she did and i think you know this was just the most surreal moment in my life. Mm-hmm. I had Mariana Voss coming back to get me. She had, yeah, maybe no, <laughs> no reason why she should. And I think to have a moment like that, you you think about it. That night, I was thinking about it over and over again. I was like, wow, like this is something I could only have dreamed of. Um, and just even small things, meeting meeting the men's team, meeting being in the service course with the team, and. Um, just seeing all your idols around and how how these organizations work with all the bikes and all the parts and yeah I think small things like that getting given three bikes to ride you've got race bikes and a time trial bike and then a training bike I mean last year I spent a year about six months with my brother putting together a bike that I could race to bring across with me and it was It was my baby. I looked after it and, you know, I still feel the same way with the bikes that they've given me. Um, And, yeah, I think when you work hard to come across and things start to fall into place and you get given even all the team kit, it's just amazing. I I had it turn up in a box and I was like, how am I ever going to wear all this?
0: Yeah, it's just uh, a different level, really. It's uh, not what you used to jump onto, professional level, and you're like, wow, this is re- the real deal to call it that way. But yeah, and especially after, like you mentioned, uh, you go through, through some tough times. Uh, you Like you said, you spend a few months trying to build a bike for you to actually be able to ride, and then just jump onto a team where you get three bikes. Like, it's, it's nothing, and then uh, those many kids, right? Uh, so it's something really special. It's also a reminder of how hard you've worked together, I would say. And it's also a reward uh, for all that hard work and uh, to be able to enjoy it finally after all that sacrifice and dedication, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, every day it still kind of blows my mind and is a bit surreal, but I don't think I ever won't appreciate what I've been given and, you know, where I've sort of come come from and yeah I think it's important not to not to forget that and not get too complacent about it and having people look after you is still really really special to me having swan giving you bottles and nutrition and making your post-race meal giving you a massage driving you to places it's it's still I really appreciate all of it and I think yeah it's it's important not to lose that
0: yeah, exactly. It's very important to have your feet on the ground and remember where you came from uh, and also have in mind uh, where you're going to. And then I wanted to ask you, uh, you had a pretty short career so far, uh, so many, many years ahead for you. Uh, what would be Kim's dream on the bike? Uh, what do you dream of achieving in the future?
1: Yeah, I think the, the sky should be you know, the limit, there is no limit really. And I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to be winning something like the Tour de Femmes and the Giro one day. Um, I think ultimately those will, will always be big goals for me. Um, and whether it's a stage or the overall win, I think, yeah. yeah. That's definitely what I, I hope for in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, sky's the limit. So uh, all the things stopping you is yourself. And sometimes uh, some other girls riding a little bit faster. But uh, (laughs) nothing that uh, some training. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I really enjoyed the interview. uh, Although we had some connection problems, but uh, easily fixed. So thank you for that. I know it must not have been easy on your end either. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm going to ask you the last question I always do, uh, which is, if you could give me a song to put at the end of the podcast anything works i've had all kinds of genders all kinds of songs that you can imagine uh, so anything is valid
1: um oh damn there's a hard question um oh what like a favorite song
0: uh just anything you enjoy listening to it can be something that hypes you up it can be something that calms you down something chill i really don't mind just something you you like and you you, you want to live your interview with
1: um yeah i think probably i quite enjoyed the song come together by urban dawn
0: okay so we'll leave everybody with come together thank you kim uh, best of luck to this season and in the upcoming future. I uh, will be, will be keeping full sight for you and remember, is the limit.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I enjoyed that. Over me